Doing the impossible is not something you make happen. It's something that you allow to happen. After conducting over 10,000 personal and group coaching sessions over the last decade, author and personal coach Jason Dries has unlocked the simple yet effective formula to accept and create success in your life on the most basic, instinctive level. In his latest book, Do the Impossible, Jason gives readers access to the same life-changing principles he provides in his personal coaching sessions. Ready to embrace success as a state of being? In this exclusive listener offer, get your copy of Do the Impossible for 50% off from the publishers at Bigger Pockets. To get your copy of Do the Impossible for 50% off any format, go to www.biggerpockets.com impossible50. That's 50% off any format, www.biggerpockets.com impossible50. Power blackouts. They happen every year, but guess what, blackouts? You've met your match. Say hello to Goal Zero, the leader in affordable home power backup systems and solar generators. Goal Zero's generators power your fridge, freezer, lights, Wi-Fi, TV, and more with clean power. Their home backup systems, like the Yeti 3000X, have no fuel, no fumes, no noise, and no maintenance. Just good, clean energy that keeps your home up and running. They offer a range of products and affordable price points, from power stations that can provide a half day's worth of power to solar generators and home backup systems that can keep you powered for one, two, or three days. Plus, they're all portable, so you can take your power with you when you go camping, tailgating, and more. So yeah, take that, blackouts. Our power is here to stay. Have peace of mind when blackouts hit. Go to GoalZero.com to learn more. Okay, I want to talk to you about Blinkist. And Blinkist is here to empower people to grow personally and professionally by discovering content that inspires, motivates, and gives new perspectives on their lives in the world in 2022. They have all these amazing titles, and it kind of gives you... It gives you a little little synopsis of each one, of what we, each book is all about. So you spend a few minutes on each thing. You kind of get a sense of this is what the book is about, and then you invest in the book. And I think it's a great thing. Sometimes I don't know what books to get. And, you know, I'd never read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I went on, on Blinkist, and I kind of saw the synopsis of it, and I read a little bit about it, and I said, this is for me. And it is a fantastic book. So right now, Blinkist uh, has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Donnie to get 25% off and a seven-day free trial. Blinkist.com slash Donnie. The A&E show they did um, on Monica, the Monica Lewinsky scandal, I was watching it one day and it starts out, I think, with a voiceover from George and, you know, George is obviously in it. And then they go to a, a Tonight Show clip where I'm playing Paula Jones. <laughs> which I thought was so weird. I was like, God, that's yeah. right. I was making fun of all these people. And George was like in the trenches, mm-hmm. you know, so, really amazing. trying to deal with all these people. Welcome to On Brand with Donnie Deutsch. I'm Donnie Deutsch. And this is the show dedicated to the premise that everything, everybody is a brand. Uh, a brand is a set of values, and whether you're a politician or an athlete or a company or a product or a movement, it is a brand. You are a brand. And what we like to do here is a couple of things. First, we do an interview with an iconic personal brand. Today, it's uh, actress, author, comedian, provocateur, Allie Wentworth. Uh, Allie is uh, one of the sharpest, funniest people around. She's got going back to her days in, in Living Color and uh, been in Jerry Maguire and uh, fills in on uh, Kelly Kelly and Ryan and does just about everything. Also married to George Stephanopoulos. Just a, a neat, neat person. We're going to talk to her about a lot of things. But first, let's get to our brands of the week. These are the brands that are kind of setting the zeitgeist about who's up, who's down, what direction we're going in and why we're going there. Let's get right to it. Uh, first brand of the week is uh, Mitt Romney, brand up. Uh, he defends uh, Joe Biden. Uh, he's one of the few guys who basically has come out and said, actually, you know, Joe Biden did win. Uh, Republican Senator Mike Rounds of South Dakota on Monday uh, took a lot of crap from the Republicans for saying the election was fair and Trump did not win. Uh, basically, um, Romney was one of the few people who came out there and uh, said, uh, yes, he lost. And it's amazing we have to kind of signify that as a brand of the, as a brand up. But let's not forget just what's going on in the world now and, and January 6th and that we do have to salute Republicans when they admit that the president who is the rightful president right now. 
Brand up for um, also Fox News anchor, uh, Brian Kilmeade. Kilmeade? 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 I always pronounce his name wrong. But he's also said that former President Donald Trump needed to learn to lose regarding the results of the 2020 election. He said, I think that in life, you have to learn to lose. Hillary Clinton has had to learn that. Al Gore pretty much learned that. Stacey Abrams has not learned that. Of course, he's got to get that in there. He says, if you did, in fact, get screwed out of this election, put together an A-list of lawyers, not the ones we witnessed, and show us the districts and show us how. I've not seen any of that. Uh, so I, I like when the Fox guys come out and, and kind of just tell it like it is. As opposed to Tucker Carlson, he's almost a weekly brand down. What, he, is there anybody more repulsive than this guy? He sinks to a new low with an attack on Nancy Pelosi's appearance. Um, he took time out from promoting conspiracy theories, downplaying the U.S. capital rack, uh, market and, and capital riot and spreading misinformation about COVID to attack the physical appearance of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Uh, he claimed Pelosi was actually a late singer Michael Jackson. Uh, he told viewers they had the shock of your life to see the entertainer on CBS Face the Nation. Um, he said, let's be clear, that wasn't a video of Michael Jackson performing his hit songs in the 90s, that it, he had to be a living version of an international pop star that the news reported claimed died more than a dozen years ago, uh, basically saying that that there was uh, similar uh, uh, physical appearances between the two, which I'm not quite sure about, but there you go. Tucker Carlson, uh, amazing. Uh, brand down for Ohio rep, represent Ohio Congressman Warren Davidson. Compared the vaccine mandates to the Holocaust, another one using the Holocaust. Uh, just, it is, you know, I guess maybe when you're Jewish, you're a, a little bit more sensitive to the slaughtering of 6 million Jews and 6 million Jews, 10 million people, Christians across the board, um, that uh, saying that we're making people get vaccines and show cards that they're vaccinated is the same as the cards that Jews had to show during the Holocaust. I don't know. Maybe he's a little... Exaggerate. I, I, I just, there's nothing I find more offensive other than maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene, another brand down. She ranted that Fauci is quote unquote responsible for the entire pandemic. We have so many, according to her, um, we have so many serious problems. We can point to them all with one man, and that's Dr. Fauci. Uh, Dr. Fauci was responsible for all this. He created the, he created the gain of function. He gave it to China. They created the bioweapon, which is COVID 19, and it broke the world. There you go. That's an elected official. Brand up for Pfizer. Pfizer says it's vaccine targeting Omicron will be ready in March. Um, you got to give it to these companies. Uh, you know, he says Omicron currently makes up more than 95% of all new COVID. And in another month or two, there'll be a vaccine specifically for Omicron, uh, which is going to help. And, you know, these drug companies, it's, it's incredible what they do in the amount of time they do. Brand up for JP Morgan Chase. Last week, I gave a brand up for Citigroup. We're basically saying they were going to fire any employees or terminate employers, employees who were not vaccinated. Um, and Jamie Dimon, the head of J.P. Morgan Chase, has followed and said, uh, if you aren't going to get vaxxed, you won't be able to work in the office. We're not going to pay you to not work in the office. You want people to get vaccinated. So there you go. Brand down for blood donors. Brand up always for blood donors, but brand down for the state of donating blood. Red Cross declares it's first ever national blood crisis. The nation's blood supply is dangerously low. Uh, last year, the Red Cross saw a 34% decline in new donors. If the nation's blood supply does not stabilize soon, life-saving blood may not be available for some patients when it's needed. Obviously, this has to do with COVID. Uh, and that's kind of a very, very, very scary thing. So if you can donate blood, this is a good time to get out there and do it. It's really, really needed. So brand up for anybody out that goes out there and donates blood. Brand down for Prince Andrew. He's stripped of his military titles um, and other titles amid the sex abuse lawsuit. Obviously, have been following Jeffrey Epstein case. It seems as if uh, Prince Andrew is one of his major cohorts. Um, he's been accused by a seven by a then seventeen year old uh, of um, uh, sexual abuse. Um, he no longer can be referred to, according to the Queen, as uh, His Royal Highness in any official capacity. And I think that's a really good thing. That's the last person that should be called His Royal Highness. So there you go, brand down there. Here's a. It's a, a, a little story, not a little story, not a well-known story, but this guy's got to be called out. Huge brand down for district judge Alexis Krott, okay? I think that's the way you pronounce the last name. And basically, a, there was a three years since, a, there was a man diagnosed with cancer, a guy named Burham Chowdhury, and he had a different time, different little time maintaining his yard and keeping his property in suburban Detroit in good shape. And he basically said to the judge, the reason I can't, you know, keep my grass in shape is because of this cancer and it's debilitating and I can't mow the lawn or what. 
And the judge told him, you should be ashamed of yourself. I could give you jail time on this, I would. This is a true story. That is Judge Alexis Crott with tremendous empathy for a man with cancer and telling him he should get jail time because he's not keeping his lawn as it should be. Here you go. Brand down for colleges. Colleges lost 465,000 students this fall. It's the erosion of enrollment is continuing to raise alarms. Uh, in the fall of 21, it dropped 3.1%. The drop is similar to the previous fall and contributes to a 6.6 decline in undergraduate enrollment since 2019. Most of that has to do, obviously, with the pandemic. But a lot of it also has to do, if you listen to a lot of young um, entrepreneurial motivational speeches, guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, who's been on the show, other guys, they're preaching to young people, and they're not wrong about a lot of this, is the college is not for everybody. You know, my generation, you grow up, you automatically go to college. If you don't go to college, nothing can work. Whereas today, if somebody's got to go to college and they spend $250,000 getting in, in, in debt, and it doesn't necessarily mean they get the right job anyway if you're not going to a top college. Are you better off going to work for those four years and starting a business? And so there's there's a, a new thought on that college is not for everybody. And I wonder how much that has to do with college enrollment dropping. Brand up for Don't Look Up. Uh, it's gonna about to come Netflix biggest flick of all time. It, it's right now the second. It's had 58.2 million hours viewed globally across the week, January 2nd through 9th. Um, it's taken over Bird, Bird Box and it'll probably take over Red Notice. It's with, uh, of, of course, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. It's a great flick. And when something hits on Netflix, it hits big. Think about that. It was viewed for a week, 58 million hours of viewing. There you go. And people wonder why movie stars are going to Netflix and not necessarily in the theaters anymore because that is the new theater. Brand up for the NFL. NFL season, the ratings increased 10% over last season. You're not seeing any in television uptick in viewership in anything. So it's amazing. And what it just shows is that it's pretty much the, the one thing that is bulletproof. I hate to use that term bulletproof, but it's the one thing that, that is kind of um, resistant to trends in viewership, because when people want to watch live sports, it's not something you're going to watch any other way than live for the most part. Um, it, basically, the 272 regular season game averaged 17 million viewers across television and digital platforms. Monday Night Football was up over 16%. Um, you had the most watched game in over uh, 30 years when the Raiders played the Cowboys, 40 million viewers on Thanksgiving. Um, just incredible. Football is bigger than ever and is... The world gets more and more fractured. People kind of, that's the one thing that kind of is the holy grail. Brand up for Rachel Balkovic. Uh, I think that's the way you pronounce it. I hope she's the first female major league manager hired by the Yankees. She was hired by their low A affiliate, Florida State League. Um, she was the first woman to serve as a full-time minor league strength and conditioning coach and the first to be a full-time hitting coach in the minors. So that's great stuff there. Another brand up for Maya Angelou. She becomes the first black woman on a quarter. That's a quarter of the, the coin. Uh, the writer and poet has become the first woman to have her likeness depicted on a quarter. It com it's, it's the first in a series of coins commemorating pioneering, pioneering American women that began shipping this week. So brand up there. Brand up for Pixie Curtis. She's a 10-year-old girl that could retire at 15 as a multimillionaire. She's an Australian business owner. She's 10 years old. She's already worth millions. Her mother is a public relations mogul, Roxy Jasenko. Uh, they launched a company together called Pixie's Bows. It's a line of hair accessories for children in 2014 when Pixie was just two years old. So I'm guessing the mom was kind of the brains behind this operation. But it's, she's taking it over at age 10 and has a very hands-on involvement. Um, she helps Pixie run her business to mom. It says Pixie's on track to retire at 15 if she wants to. The Daily Mail in Australia reported in 2018 that Pixie could be worth up to $21 million by the time she turns 18. So let's get those child entrepreneurs going. Brand up for nail polish, specifically male nail polish. For male celebrities like Harry Styles, it's all about having a nail polish brand. Uh, a spate of male musicians have recently launched nail polishes. The rapper Machine Gun Kelly, uh, Harry Styles, um, once again, all coming out with their lines. Rapper Tyler, the creator now, offers three shades of nail polish. Backstreet Boy AJ McLean launched nail polish brand Ava Dean Beauty in late 2020. Um, there's a, you know, it's, you're seeing it more and more, not just rappers. You know, I'm on MSNBC and there's a, uh, a, a very, very sharp commentator pundit, Eugene Daniels, wears nail polish. Uh, so you're seeing it on news commentators also. And, you know, why not? It's just, it, it, and it'd be interesting to see 20, 30 years from now, is nail polish going to be a 
I don't want to say as common on men as women, but just not just as kind of rare now, but you're starting to see the early seeds of it. So whatever works. This is a really interesting brand up for something called Smart Guns. They're finally arriving in the U.S. and they're seeking to shake up the firearms market. These are personalized smart guns which can be fired only by verified users. May finally become available in the U.S. Four-year-old Lodestar Works on Friday unveiled its 9mm smart handgun for shareholders and investors. Now, I'm not a fan of any kind of gun, but a gun that can only be used by its user and it can't be sold. And if it's stolen, it can't be used. And how many deaths come from guns that actually aren't the person's gun themselves? So it's a step. It's, it's certainly not the answer. If you're up to me, let, let's get rid of all certainly automatic weapons and start with that. But smart guns are certainly a smart move. A brand down for Facebook. They dropped 36 spots on Glassdoor's annual best places to work. After PR crisis, there were a lot of bad stuff happened with Facebook this, Facebook this year. Um, they used to be the number 11 best place to work. Now they're number 47. Um, the top 20 best places to work, uh, NVIDIA, I guess that, NVIDIA, NVIDIA. HubSpot is two, Bain and Company Consulting from three, EXP Realty, four, Box is five, Boston Consulting Group. Interesting consulting groups. I never put them in six, Google is seven, Veterans United Home Loans is eight. Lululemon is nine. And Salesforce is 10. So that's some interesting. Uh, who else is in there? Royal Caribbean Group is 11. LinkedIn is 19. And Rivian is 20. Brand up for Oreo. Okay. Oreo is celebrating its 110th birthday with a first ever flavor. It's trying something new for its 110th birthday. It's releasing a special flavor. It's called chocolate confetti cake with sprinkles galore. So a new flavor. There you go. Brand up for Peter Luger. If you're a New Yorker, you love Peter Luger's Brooklyn Steakhouse, uh, it, and there's also one in Long Island, and they're opening up finally in, in um, Vegas. I'm surprised it took this long. There'll be a Luger in Vegas, the 135-year-old Brooklyn Steakhouse announced it's going to build its first American outpost in more than 60 years, landing inside Caesar's Palace on the Strip. I'm surprised it took this long because, you know, every, every restaurant that has kind of a brand essence to it and is well-known beyond just its customers, but has kind of a, a, a name that lives in our culture, has made its way to Vegas. So it took them long, long enough. I don't mean that facetiously, but I mean, it took them a while, but they're there. So congratulations to Peter Luger, brand up there. And finally, brand up to KFC, introduces plant-based beyond fried chicken. If we get plant-based meat, why not chicken? And there you go. And those are our brands of the week. Now let's get to our interview with Ali Wentworth. You're going to really, really enjoy this one. Take a listen. Okay, I want to talk to you about ShipStation. You may have made it through the holiday rush, but now is not the time to start slacking on shipping your customers' orders and exchanges. Shipping delays, supply shortages, high demand last year was a mess. Now you're ringing the new year with inpatient customers, returns, and expensive shipping rates. It's time to switch to a shipping solution that can handle it all painlessly. Why would you use anything but ShipStation, the easiest, most convenient choice for e-commerce sellers? Import orders from any sales channel, ship using any carrier with deep discounted rates, and automate just about any shipping task. This thing is fantastic. I'm telling anybody that I've talked to that have used this, if you're in the e-commerce business and you need to ship stuff, ShipStation is the way to go. Save time by funneling all your orders into one simple interface, no matter where you're selling. Manage every order, Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or your own website from anywhere, even your phone. No more headaches from dealing with returns or return, or return tracking. ShipStation makes it easy. You're going to save money with ShipStation. Compare carrier options and choose the best shipping solution every single time. Save your sanity knowing your orders are handled and you're getting the best rates. Make shipping the easy part of having an online store. You've got bigger things to deal with. No wonder 98% of companies that use ShipStation for a year keep using it as long as they're in business. It's that good. Ship more in less time with ShipStation. Use my offer code Donnie to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free or no hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in Donnie. ShipStation, make ship happen. I like that line, make ship happen, ShipStation. I want to talk to you about Indeed. Look, uh, you already know where to go for breaking news and trusted analysis, this podcast right here. So that you got right. But do you have a trusted source for your day-to-day hiring needs? That's Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner who you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. I'm telling you, hiring is the most important thing you do if you're in business. And if you got to get it right, you want Indeed. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications and meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. In partners with you in every step of the hiring process, 
Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. I'm telling you, Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. And listen to this, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash onbrand. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash onbrand to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash onbrand. Terms and conditions applied. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Well, I am thrilled that today's guest. She's a good friend of mine. She's a, I don't, you know, it's interesting. I, a jack of many trades. Uh, she's a movie star. She's a TV star. She's a podcast star. She's an author star. Um, she's a. Well, mom, you really use the word star loosely. She's a mom star. She's a wife star. It, her, she's got had an incredible career. Uh, Allie Wentworth. I'm just going to read off a little bit of school. My favorite thing. We're going to talk mostly about. The Dana Hall School for Girls. That I want to hear about that experience. That's pretty much going to be the first <laughs> half hour of the interview, okay? And the oh, rest God. is going to be about having a mother named Muffy Cabot. So, because I had the antithesis of a mother named Muffy Cabot, but she's done everything from uh, Living Color, one of the stars of Living Color, where she kind of has kind of really made her bones. Played Jerry Seinfeld's girlfriend Schmoopy in the Soup Nazi episode. Um, she was in It's Complicated in Jerry Maguire. Um, she's written, what is it, 87 or 88 books, Allie in Wonderland, uh, Allie, Happily Allie After All. She's got a new book coming out, All Allie's Well That Ends Well, Tales of the De- Desperation and a Little Inspiration is slated to be released uh, this year. She's got the Go Ask Allie podcast. She's a busy lady. And thank you for taking time today, my darling. I'm so happy to be here. I, I think it's funny that I'm doing your show because... As you can see, I have no brand. I never figured out how to brand myself. I'm all over the map. You and me, it's interesting. I was going to say, I didn't want to lower you, but I was going to say you remind me of me a little bit in that we are masters of, of many. And, and it's the same thing. You know, if you if somebody if somebody was going to introduce me, it's like, okay, you ran an ad agency and then a talk show on CNBC and then he talks about politics. and you know, Like, so it's, but I kind of think that's cool. I, I I think I do think it's cool, but sometimes I, I get a lot of like if I'm if I'm talking about acting in a movie, people go, "Are you an actor? Or are you a writer? Are you a host?" Or you know, people can't really figure it out, so you can't streamline the brand into anything yeah. that makes money. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it is you know it's funny. I, I've had a similar. I don't want to say problem, a similar situation in that, you know, I'm a, a businessman. Okay, I ran a business for 30 years. And then, but now I'm a, a political pundit on TV, but I'm not really a political pundit because I was a businessman. And then I uh, had a TV show. And like, like, so it's just, it is, and we're in a world of people want to pigeonhole you and put you in a certain place. And yes. But in hindsight, I don't think I, I know me and I know the little I know, not the little I know, knowing you, I don't think you could have done it any other way. I think we're curious. Um, and I think... I, I actually have a chapter in one of my books. We're not going to talk about you. We're going to talk about me. I have a chapter yeah, in one I'm, of my one of my books. I'm going to go make some coffee. I'll be right back. Go ahead. <laughs> called the multiple mountain theory that if you're very, very lucky, you know, you some people get successful and then they wrap themselves in the pillow of success and there's no margin of failure anymore. And if you could create new mountains and new things and new exciting. So I think it's exciting. And oh, we left that one other credential, married to uh, um, that lefty communist uh, television guy, George Stephanopoulos. Uh, who is for twenty years? Twenty years, and we're going to talk about yeah. what, what is and what what's been great about you. Also, is is you've been very open about your life, your marriage. Most people in the public eye shy away from it. You're obviously both. A, you're a well known couple, and whether it's your sex life or are you still having sex twice a day. I mean, I, I read that. Is that that that's got to have yeah. tailed off a little no, bit? No, no, that that that's run its course. <laughs> because because of age, I would say, because of age. Yeah. But uh, I would say we still have a very healthy sex life. And the funny thing is, people used to say, especially if I wrote about it, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you're talking about your sex life. I said, we're a married couple now, like I just said, for 20 years. Yeah. I think it's pretty great. 
Why is it only the single people get to talk about I sex? It's, it's particularly great. I have found, I'm curious, in your uh, anthropological... Anthropological? Anth- <laughs> Thank you, darling. In you your, still drinking at breakfast? Yeah, it's just nipping at the cook at sherry. Um, uh-huh. That I have found that the marriages at last, they have that as a cornerstone that they go, go back to. That once the sex goes completely... It, the, it just changes. And the good marriages that I know, that I've become a student of, the close people that I know, they have that that they can go back to. And without it, it's hard to keep a marriage together. Otherwise, you're just roommates. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I go I, I go to a lot of my girlfriends for stuff that I wouldn't go to George for. But what I have with George is the most intimate connection human beings can have. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys know you talk about a lot. You you met for lunch. You, you've been dating. We're going to jump all over the place, but I, I want to just stay here for a second. You were mm-hmm. dating Dominic West, typical uh, Lothario, drunk actor, and you had just broken up and somebody set you up with George and you knew at that lunch in 15 minutes. I did. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to happen. I mean, I knew who George was. Like nobody would I, put I, you two together. Nobody would go, ah, I got it. Allie, Allie Wentworth woo! and George Stephanopoulos. Duh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why people were so fascinated when we first got married and why people in the last row at our wedding were making bets on how long it would last. Right. I think six months was the... Anyway, um, I knew, like I I said a million times, like a good melon. I knew. I (laughs) met him for lunch. I didn't even shave my legs. Like I did not have any high expectations for it. We sat down. The first thing we talked about was what antidepressants we were both on. Okay, we both good. ordered the crab salad. And and then after lunch, he shook my hand and just sort of went, you know, it was, it was very nice to meet you. Very and I George, thought, yeah. Well, yeah. I thought, well, he's not into me because I was living in L.A. at the time. You were going to shove in your LA, tongue in his mouth. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Know, yeah. Sure, yeah. If you didn't like bang me over the head and pull me by my hair into the cave, he wasn't interested. Sure. So, but then he called me. Uh, the next day. And he said, would you like to go on a second date? And I did not play any games. I said, yeah, I can go out now. I can go out tonight. And he goes, well, I have to work tonight. What about tomorrow night? I said, yeah, tomorrow night, next night, whatever you want. And I had a, I was staying with a friend at the time and she was like, no, no, tell him you're dating Prince of Monaco. You know, she was trying to get me to play all these games. Sure. And I just didn't want to do it. And yeah, George and I knew right away. We were engaged six months later and now it's been 20 years. 20 years. Okay, I want to talk to you about Blinkist. And Blinkist is here to empower people to grow personally and professionally by discovering content that inspires, motivates, and gives new perspectives on their lives in the world in 2022. Blinkist has the perfect content to help you be better, smarter, and more knowledgeable in 2022. Um, it's really, really incredible. They're, they're, they have all these amazing titles that, for instance, you take certain ones like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich, Your Best Year Ever, Unshakable, Seven Strategies for Wealth and Happiness, all these great lists that basically kind of really uh, are really great self-help, will help you be a better you, will help you make more money. And it kind of gives you it gives you a little, little synopsis of each one. Power blackouts. They happen every year. But guess what, blackouts? You've met your match. Say hello to Goal Zero, the leader in affordable home power backup systems and solar generators. Goal Zero's generators power your fridge, freezer, lights, Wi-Fi, TV, and more with clean power. Their home backup systems, like the Yeti 3000X, have no fuel, no fumes, no noise, and no maintenance. Just good, clean energy that keeps your home up and running. They offer a range of products and affordable price points, from power stations that can provide a half day's worth of power to solar generators and home backup systems that can keep you powered for one, two, or three days. Plus, they're all portable, so you can take your power with you when you go camping, tailgating, and more. So yeah, take that, blackouts. Our power is here to stay. Have peace of mind when blackouts hit. Go to GoalZero.com to learn more. One of what each book is all about. So you spend a few minutes on each thing. You kind of get a sense of this is what the book is about, and then you invest in the book. And I think it's a great thing. And it really is fantastic. Uh, It's really helped me a lot. Sometimes I don't know what books to get. 
And, you know, I'd never read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I went on on Blinkist and I kind of saw the synopsis of it. And I read a little bit about it. And I said, this is for me. And it is a fantastic book. So the 10X rule is also on there. So it, it, it's fantastic. Right now, Blinkist uh, has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash Donnie uh, to start your free seven-day trial and 25% off a of Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash Donnie. To get 25% off and a seven-day free trial, Blinkist.com slash Donnie. All right, let's go back a little bit. Your, your upbringing is fascinating. Growing up, your mom was a social secretary in the, in the Reagan White House. You mm-hmm. were putting on shows for Kissinger and Nixon in your living room. And, um, well, put, let's, let's, let me just clarify putting on shows. I, <laughs> not, there, wasn't a, there wasn't a poll in the living room. There was no, was no was, okay, right, right. I was, you know, four, six years old and uh, Nixon had his 60th birthday at our house and I sang animal crackers um, and tap danced for him as a little birthday gift. So to me, these were just random people. I didn't, your I didn't know. Who, yeah. 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 I didn't know who they were. And what, how did it, how have you been, for, because it's interesting knowing you, you would not think you came from this kind of stuffy Washington political Back the opposite. You would have thought you mm-hmm. grew up in a in a house of gypsies, and so mm-hmm. kind of how has it kind of formed you, or is, is it did it form you in the sense of you kind of I don't want to say rebelled against it, but just said okay, that's great, but my alter side is going to kind of drive the rest of my life. No, I think some of it is rebellion. I mean, I think yeah. we were. I got very tired at a young age of being at the dinner table and everything was so intense. And you have to understand that your I was- Your dad was a Washington Post reporter and your stepdad yeah, was also, a, was was also a journalist, right? Editor for the from the London Sunday Times and right. chief foreign correspondent. So everything was very heavy all the time. And so, and I was a kid during Watergate and, you know, I was in school with, uh, you know, the children of the criminals. And so it was a very small town that way, Washington. And so I found it all very intense and very corrupt. And I would hear my parents talking about, you know, all the affairs that everybody was having and I had to find levity. And so I used humor as a way to kind of escape the intensity of DC politics and power. And also it was the only way I could get my parents to pay any attention to me is if I put on a show. So comedy seemed to be the way to get them, you know, when they were in their Armani gowns going out to dinner to kind of sit down for 10 minutes and focus. Any early memories of Nancy Reagan, Ronald Reagan that just kind of stick in you, just little anecdotal? Um, I remember being at the the Easter egg roll at the White House and I was sort of, I guess, a teenager, maybe a little bit young, preteen, and we went over to the White House and there was a Beach Boys concert across the street, which is where I wanted to be. Right. And I, I remember so vividly being taken aback by the fact that Reagan had signed a few eggs, but then the rest were candy eggs and whatever. And all these little kids were running around with baskets looking for the candy or the colored eggs or the golden egg. And the parents were screaming at the kids to find the Reagan egg. You know, they were like, no, put that down, find the fucking Reagan egg. You know, these (laughs) little kids were, and I thought, oh my God, these parents are crazy. The kids, the kids aren't going to look for a Reagan signed egg. They want the chocolate egg. Yeah. I remember that really, um, really made an impression on me. And then I remember being at the White House and really thinking that Nancy was in charge. Like she seemed like she was in charge. Yeah, seemed like that even if you weren't in the White House, really. Yeah, um, yeah. But but being in the White House, I definitely sense that. And do you remember Reagan's second term? I mean, w- w- was he slowing down at that point? He was, but I don't, I don't remember it. You're- I don't remember it that well. I, I sort of, after he was shot, uh, it's all very foggy. I, and I remember fun. the day he was shot too. We were in, of course, in Washington. And I just remember my mother took off, like just ran out the door. And I was watching the news trying to sort of figure out what that meant. And it was scary, you know, yeah. because it was, uh, you know, a few blocks from where we lived. And it was, you know, somebody my mother worked for. And it just, it all felt very, sure. sure. very scary. And how did you get into showbiz? How did we start that? 
Well, how did we get into showbiz? Well, I knew since birth. So that's, that's a great exactly term, showbiz. Show you don't hear that. You don't hear that anymore. The business of show. <laughs> yes. Um, I didn't, uh, I knew right, you know, from the time I could walk and crawl, that's what I wanted to do. And my family was like, why, why would you want to do that? I mean, being an actress is like being a prostitute yeah, in my sure. family. Like, what, yeah. what, what do you want to do? And um, also, there were no connections. Like, if I wanted to go work on the Hill, sure, or, of course, you know, yeah, yeah, I could have, but they didn't know anybody in Hollywood. They didn't even know, like, my parents, you'd say Sharon Stone, and they go, well, who's that? Yeah. Is she the, you know, representative from Michigan? Yeah. And so, I went out to LA. I knew not one single person except my older brother. And we lived in a really shitty bungalow in scary part of Hollywood. And it wasn't until I joined the Groundlings Theater, which was like Second sure, City course, improv, yeah. that yeah. I, I really sort of sunk my teeth into it and got an agent. And and is that then, what led to In Living Color? Yeah. The, in Living Color was... Uh, Damon Wayans had left the show early on and they were looking for a black male comedian to replace him, which naturally you go for me. Um, yeah. And it was one of those things where I auditioned million times. Like constantly, I get called back. I go to the you know Fox network. There'd be all these guys in Armani suits staring at me and right. come back and do five more characters. And, and then finally, I met Keenan Ivory Wayans. That was like the final, final straw. And yeah, and got in Living Color, which was, you know, kind of the greatest show to be on at the time with Jim Carrey and David Allen Greer and Jamie Foxx and, you know, as a as somebody who wanted to do comedy, that yeah, was that was the right place. place to be. Yeah. Best memory. Oh God, best memory. So many. Um, I mean, we had the most fun off the set. So when we were in rehearsal and stuff, but I remember uh, Jamie Fox used to do this character called Ugly Woman, mm-hmm. and I played. We did a a riff on Basic Instinct, and I was Sharon Stone. And I remember that uh, I kissed Jamie and the joke was that Jamie had a piece of gum in his mouth and then I take it out of my mouth, except I thought we were faking it, but Jamie really did put a piece of gum in my mouth. I was like, oh, okay, this is how we're going to play it. I I do remember that we, and you had to be completely free. So if Jim is doing a scene with you, I remember we did this dysfunctional family and I played his daughter. You know, and Jim would just like deep tongue kiss me and, you know, <laughs> or he'd be doing some kind of physical thing. And you just knew to like, you got to go with it or yeah. you might get hurt, yeah. you know. So in that way, I mean, I think now comedy is so rigid and so yeah. scared. Yeah. But back then it was just like, you just buckled up and went for the ride. You just, you just- And also there was a ton of stuff that we could never air. Because it was so naughty. Yeah, it was like, really, it, on, it was really on the edge at the time. I mean, it was, yeah. it was, it was out there, you know. And something that had a majority uh, black cast. Ooh, I mean, that was like, ooh, yeah. you know. But I'm talking about sketches that we shot that we couldn't air. I yeah. mean, talk about being canceled now. Forget give, it. Give me Some an of example of one. Oh God, uh, I did a character called the surrogate who would, you know, be someone's surrogate. And, you know, we had sketches where I'd go and ride the bull or I'd be drinking at a bar, I'd get in fistfights. You know, it was all kind of, or the handicapped stripper, like all kinds of crazy shit that they just, they couldn't, even that they couldn't air. And I do remember I played Cher a bunch of times and uh, I remember once uh, I got a letter uh, at In Living Color that said, kiss my ass, Cher. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because, you know, they were really mean about people. We had to impersonate yeah. people. And the funny thing was, um, at the time, George was working in the Clinton White House, and I was playing Hillary Clinton on In Living Color. Wow. I was making fun of her. Yeah. Wow. That's how we were in very different places in our lives at that time. Wow, 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 wow. That's, yeah. that's fascinating. In fact, just a couple the... the yeah, I was going to add one more thing, which is the A&E show they did um, on Monica, the Monica Lewinsky scandal. I was watching it one day, and it starts out, I think, with a voiceover from George. And, you know, George is obviously in it. And then they go to a, a Tonight Show clip where I'm playing Paula Jones. 
which I thought was so weird. I was like, God, that's yeah. right. I was making fun of all these people. And George was like in the trenches, mm-hmm. you know, so, really amazing. trying to deal with all these people. Anyway. Do you know I went on a date with Monica Lewinsky? That does not surprise me, Donnie. <laughs> How was it? Really nice. You know, it was, it was, you know, I got a, like a seven page letter from her. This is I got 10 years ago, I guess. You know, just she followed my career and would love to meet. And I brought her up to my office to interview her. And bright, super bright, super engaging. And I walked, right, this is when I was running. What were you, wait, what were you interviewing her for? For a, a, job? a job as an account executive at, oh, at my advertising okay. agency. You know, she was into mm-hmm. marketing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I remember I brought her to my CEO. I said, she's great, we should hire. And then the person said to me, we can't hire her, it's Monica Lewinsky. And I just realized what a horrible scarlet letter this poor woman had on her. And then years ago, I ran into her, we went out on a date. And part of her challenge, her raison d'un is the very thing that she can't let go of, but that holds her back. And it, it, yeah. it, it, it's, she's a prisoner. It's a little bit what I see with my buddy, Michael Cohen now, you know, whereas it's his reason to be, you know, in, in the public eye. And yet it's the thing that holds him back and he struggles with it. it, it it's, and I, I feel for her. I feel for her. Yeah. And what's what's nice that's happened in history is that she's gone from being a villain to a victim as well well she should. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I think she's beautiful. She be, a stunning girl and br- yeah, super yeah. bright, super bright, yeah. super bright. Yeah. What are you, where, where are you on all, uh, you know, or on the spectrum of Me Too? I'm, sc- I'm scared, yeah. On the, on the spectrum <laughs> of, of Me Too now, we, we've lived through, it seems to have kind of like, calmed a bit, but we've lived through the last five, six, seven years and a lot of bad guys, horrible guys got carried out as well they should. And then there are some instances where uh, careers ended and, you know, Matt Damon got in trouble for saying all all, uh, offenses are not the same. Raping someone is not the same as patting someone on on the backside. And he took a lot of crap from that. And I find that the older you are, the more you're able to nuance things and that the younger people and younger women, it's very black and white. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would I would bet your view on all of the issues that come up with workplace relationships and things like that are very different than your daughters. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm glad, actually. I'm glad because, you know, for me, especially those, you know, years living in Hollywood and stuff, you just, you just succumb to the fact that this is what it, it is. Yeah, that, yeah it. you know, yeah. it's like fine. Yeah, you've told me you some stories. We're not going to get into them. You've told me some stories like that are just like you fucking, you know, whether it was in yeah, living color, all the things. I, that, yeah, yeah. I just thought, well, that this is the way it is. You know, it's a boys' club, and this is you know, and you just got to kind of roll your eyes and you know. And whereas my daughter is it very black and white. Like yeah. you don't, you you can't even say stuff. I can't no. even make jokes. I make a joke no. at dinner and she gets yeah. enraged. So, um, and you know, thank God her father is as clean as he is because, you yeah. know, George can't even walk the dog in a weird way without her <laughs> screaming at him. So, <laughs> you know, but I think anytime there is a huge cultural pivot or change, it it has to be extreme for it to kind of trickle down. And I think that people like Harvey Weinstein, you know, that that had to have happened. That was just you know, evil. and that it was had pure, to reset pure. how men men yes. are allowed to behave. Yeah. Even if there's an overreaction, it needed to happen. You know, it really it's interesting. Yep. I think back to even running my company and how and I had relationships with people that, that work for me. And they, they mm-hmm. were serious girlfriends, girls who who I was engaged to, or, you know, was, was very close with. And I think back now, still it was wrong, even though it was consensual. It was a, it was a misuse of the, the, the power base was not the same. And you, right. you, you, I look, and once again, I never preyed on anybody. And, and um, it, 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 these were just, I was single, they were single. We all know so many people that were, you know, met in the workplace. I, yeah. Jay Leno ended his show, his run. His, he said in his final scene when he was going after the air, opened up the curtain, said, this is what I'm most proud of. And it was like 300 families that had met on his show, you know? Right. But yeah. I, I think the morning show really helped educate me a little bit. There was that one scene, it was a, such a difficult scene to watch 
where Steve Carell is 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 coming on to the the more junior. Uh, have you have you watched the show? Yeah, definitely. And in his mind, you know, he's he's just making moves, you know. And then you see her face, and it's just so. It, the reset has been a really positive, positive, positive thing. Uh, and it's just the workplace is a very, very, very different place now. Very. Di- I mean, listen, you, th- you think about like Mad Men era. You know what I mean? Where yeah. where women were just completely objectified. And it, I mean, I know people that met in workplaces. I I went out with a writer on In Living Color for who became a producer for many years. You don't even think about it back then. You just thought this is this is the only way I'm meeting people. You know yeah. what I mean? And so That's it. you work by my- the way, and it's the most natural way to meet somebody. You 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 have the same passion. You're working 24 yes. hours a day. I mean, it's just. Yes. It's more natural time, than being at a bar. Yeah, absolutely. And you have time to kind of create this relationship. Also, I mean, certainly on sets, you never meet anybody else. You're so, yeah. you know, you're there 12 Isolated. hours a day. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, there were no apps. You know, this was, this. we're at the age where we get to say we didn't have a cell phone in high school. Yeah. But, um, um, we did not. We, no we weren't clo- we close to having a cell phone. We were. I don't think we had computers. We didn't. Of course, we didn't have. We had telephones on the wall that we had busy oh, signals um, and cords. Uh, I remember when I first I, started. When yeah, I first started working, there was the typewriters. There was no FedEx. They were just starting to. Uh, uh, what is it called? Fax. It was just dif- different, and some. And somehow we made it through. By the way, I see, you know, my kids, my two daughters now writing papers and stuff. And I remember on my typewriter and you'd make a mistake. And if you didn't have any more whiteout, you'd have to start all over again. And now I see them on their computers writing papers and they have Google right there and they have this and that. And I go... You have it so. We had the easy. World Book. We had that one. We had that one encyclopedia yeah. of the Britannica. And that's where right. you got every. There was no other place to get information from. That was it. That's right. Yeah. So unfair. I would not be able to go to school today without getting. How do you not plagiarize everything? Like everything is there. Uh, you, like you got to like, change like, a few words, I guess. You gotta, yeah, yeah, it makes it, no, it's brutal. How, what has been your kind of rules of engagement of social media with your daughters growing up? You have one daughter who's a freshman in college and your younger daughter as I'm going to guess in 11th grade now, 10th grade. Yep. Um, 11th grade. And so you went through it. Obviously now they're, they're a little bit older, but when they were 11 and 12, because this, this thing is the devil, this thing, and, and we're not going to set any news bars here by talking about what it does to kids and kids self-image and whatnot. I find even as an adult, I'll be looking at other people's lives going, my life kind of sucks. Just look at them. Look at the way they're, you know, uh, uh, other adults, you know, because everybody obviously shows their idealized, you know. Uh, curated. Curated life. Yeah. So how, how, did well, you ma- how did you manage that? Well, and we have, we have dis- discussed this many times, but I will say there's two things. There's the kind of FOMO, oh my God, what you just, just said, you know, look at that life. It's so great. And I tried to educate my daughters into this is not reality. It's mm-hmm. just not. Nobody is showing photos of themselves on the toilet having food poisoning right. or, you know, no woman after she's had, you know, a facelift shows you on social media her bandaged face. Right. It's like all we do is perpetuate. It's like we've branded ourselves. Like yeah. we've made up this brand and I'm going to be the pretty cool mom. And so yeah. everything is going to be, and I'm going to use Facetune and filter my face. And it's all bullshit. Like as soon as you understand that, you can kind of enjoy it, you know? But the, the other thing, which has always been a big issue for me, and, and I've talked to you about it, and I work with the Child Mind Institute about it, is I always worry about the sexualization of girls. Like, yeah. you know, sex trafficking, pornography, all of that are billion-dollar industries. And I feel like sometimes when we allow our daughters to, first of all, have a public account, but second of all, sexualize themselves. We are just feeding those machines. What I'm told, what I, because I, I right now have a 14-year-old and, and an 18-year-old, and I went through this with my 18-year-old and going through with my 14-year-old now, where they, that they'll post a picture of themselves, not a provocative picture, but on the beach in a bikini, and I freak out. 
And the explanation I get from their mother and from other is that this is the world, that this is, makes them feel good. This is the world now. This is, that I don't get it, that, 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 that this is, too, what, we're, what we're looking at as sexualized is just another, no pun intended, another day at the beach. And, yeah. you know, and obviously I give all the speeches, every picture you put out there, and I've had fights where I've had things taken down. Um, and, but it is, sexy is, I want to find the right set of words, is almost price of entry. It's part, it's different than, you. This it, 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 it seems more, just commonplace, for lack of a better word. And, and, and well, yes, I, I, I get that argument from my older daughter too, because I will say, you know, wh- wh- why did your friend, you know, this is totally sexy, what, you know, in a bikini picture? And she goes, why are you looking at it like that? Why isn't she, why can't you just see that she's empowered and she loves herself? And, and I go, that's great for her. I, I'm talking about, this, this machine called the internet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's great for her. Yeah. But there are a lot of pedophiles that are looking at that and are thinking well, something private, very different. But I got the same answer from my daughter, dad, that makes me feel, you know, it really makes me feel good about myself. And, and people are telling me I look good and it's good for my self-esteem. I mean, giving me the 101 same kind of thing. And, and right. It, but then I say, but so then you're getting your self-esteem by how many likes you get. You're yeah. allowing the outside world to, ju- you know, all that kind of, I mean, and I say like that has to come within, that shouldn't be about how other people perceive you. And believe me, I see it. I see it on my daughter, you know, they'll post something that's just cute in a sundress and yeah. their friends will be like fire. Oh yeah, my God, yeah. totally gorgeous. <laughs> and you know, I'm like, Okay, what well, you know, what what's the difference between, you know, how and when I was in high school, I would get that from the boys in my class. You know, yeah. they used to do things like rate us, yeah. you know, on a scale from 1 to 10, he was the one and it's just, I said the same thing is happening, you're just it's just, you know, people with likes. Like that is not good for your self-esteem. You think it is, yeah. it's not. So what is the child I know you're very involved with the Child Mind Institute and and so are, are there any initiatives going on there to kind of I, I Man, I'll tell you right now with with what's happened in the past few years with COVID, I think, first of all, mental health in children is just, just yeah. it's so bad right now. Suicide rates are up, especially for teenagers. Um, I think for in the LGBTQ community, you know, these kids that, you know, their families didn't accept them, but at least they could go out and go to school and go be yeah. with other people. Now they can't. And it, it's just done a lot of damage. And I actually think that in terms of mental health, with our kids, we, we don't even have the data yet of, of how it it affected them during, especially lockdown. And, you know, my, my kids got depressed and they were yeah. in the best of circumstances. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like- Had Two happy parents so, at home and, yeah, and good schools yeah. to go virtually on. And yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. 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 And one of the things that, you know, I'm curious about right now, especially with what's going on in Chicago, is it's very easy for us to say, Oh, you know, the the I'm worried I don't want my kids to go to school and they can learn virtually and but there are so many many more families that both the parents are working they can't afford sure. to have their kids stay home and be virtually learn. And no, of if not. in fact, you know, COVID is something that as a society we are going to have to learn to live with and maybe get boosters once a year. Um, then you, you got to let these kids go to school. It's just, it, it, our, our sort of economic structure do, will not work. Doesn't if, work. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't work. I'm, I'm seeing, it's interesting. I'm curious your take on the latest zeitgeist on Omnicrom. And I'm seeing people reacting very, very, very differently somehow. Mm-hmm not being paralyzed by it for two reasons. Number one, we've been through a dance before. And secondly, that don't seem to be as many people getting really, really, really sick. And I just think living with viruses is going to be just like the way we live. And we'll have masks on half the time and and it'll be, that's just, we're, we're it, but it is interesting. I've gone out to restaurants in Manhattan this past week and they're very quiet. So it's just yeah. certain things change. But uh, as you said, the schools, and I also think people need to be at work. I, I think people lose so much. I just read where Citigroup uh, basically said that uh, if you're not vaccinated, you're you're going to get fired and everybody back to work. And I think particularly young people lose a lot not being in the workplace. 
They do. And I think children lose a lot not being at school. All right, shifting topics for a second, and then I'm going to let you go because I just need some help. And we've talked about this a lot. You have this great 20-year marriage. We've already talked yeah. about your swinging from the trapeze sex life. What yeah. what makes it work? Give me give me the primer because I have not, I've had two marriages, but I haven't crossed the finish line yet, so to speak. So give me some wisdom about particularly you, you, you have a high, you two are both high profile. And so what's the secret sauce? secret sauce. This is where I can make my money. Um, two things. One is I believe, and this is what I say to people that friends of mine that are getting married. I say, you're going into this marriage and you're going to be with this person. You cannot enter a marriage and go, well, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we can always get divorced. You go in going, I'm in it for the long haul, for the good, bad, and the ugly. Um, the other thing is and, you know, uh, I get a lot of flack for this, but um, y- who you're married doesn't have to be your best friend. Yeah. George is not my best friend. <laughs> I you know what I mean? Like, I-, I have other friends for various things. You know, if, if I said to to George this morning, you know, oh, you know, By the Donnie- way, you don't want to fuck, you don't want to fuck your best friends. <laughs> so that no, right there, you, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't, yeah. I don't buy the when Harry met Sally thing. Yeah. Um, uh, if I said to George right now, oh my God, you know, Donnie, um, Donnie's going out with Pamela Anderson. George would go, oh, oh, that's so cool. And that's it. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going right. to chew on this for 40 minutes. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. we, I got to yeah. talk. That That's, he doesn't do that. You know, yeah. I have friends for that. I have friends for other stuff. Different things, what yeah. George is, is my life partner. Yes. So we make parenting decisions. We, we have an outlook on life. That's very much the same. We can walk into, if we're buying a house, we can walk into a house and both go, yeah, this is it. Yeah. And we are hot for each other. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's a fact. Yeah. I, we are still hot for each other. And that's, that's a big... I don't know what happens when that goes away. Cause that hasn't happened for us. Yeah. But I think if that goes away, you got to work really hard to get that back or or then maybe rethink the marriage. I think it, it, the only thing that's going to make it go away at this point is age at a certain point, you know, and then then I think it's a different issue. Then I think then it's, yeah, then it's purely a, sort of a companionship. Thing. Yeah, then it has nothing. Yeah. But you're, you've made it this distance 20 years. It's all of a sudden it's not going to turn off. You know, I mean, that, that the world oh, doesn't no. work that way, you know. Oh, no, no. In fact, my kids, they get so upset because, you know, it's a Sunday, we'll be having bagels and cream cheese and George will go, do you want to go take a nap? And my kids go, God, stop <laughs> it. But but then I think, I'm sorry, I don't think that that's an unhealthy thing for you guys. I, I think it's a great see. thing to see. I think it's, you know as, what I mean? As, I'm, as long as you close the door and as long as you turn up the music really loud and they don't have to hear anything, I think it's a very healthy thing. Oh, wait, thing. what? what? <laughs> we have an open door policy, Donnie. <laughs> so what? Um, but yeah. Tell me what's next for the, for the beautiful Allie Wentworth. Oh, gosh. Um, you got a book coming next? out? I got a book coming out in May. Uh, I'm loving doing the podcast. Now you called me about doing a podcast. Do you lo- are you enjoying it? I, I am enjoying. I called. I called you. I remember because people, everybody was saying, "Do a podcast, do a podcast," and I remember your advice, and I followed it with the exception of today. Um, I said, "Should I do it?" I know everybody's got a podcast. I don't know. You said, "Do it if you only talk to people you want to talk to. Just yeah. talk to interesting people. Like, like don't think about." Yeah marketing it and this and where it is like, and I've been doing that and I've, I've yeah. had a great, great roster of people. I mean, it fell off today a lot, obviously, you know, I am but, sorry about um, that. but I use this for your bloopers reel at the yeah. end of the year. <laughs> and th- I took that advice and I've been enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, it's a lot of work also. I mean, it doesn't, you know, happen on its own. No, no, no. It's a lot of work and booking is a big part of it, but yeah, I, I have found that if it's stuff that I'm truly interested in, yeah. it's like it's like I, I, it's my own little master class. And yeah. I think for listeners, that's what makes it so interesting for them is that if you're actually very interested in who you're talking to, it there's yes. like this vicarious thing where they are like, oh, that's interesting. Even yeah. though it might be something that they don't necessarily care about. Like if I did yeah. a podcast on menopause, I'm not. I'm not sure you would tune in, Donnie. But I, I bet would if you tune did, in with, bell, with bells and whistles, you would learn a lot about dry vaginas. Yes, I've. I've yes, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna save that one. I. Uh, it's interesting. One thing that has been easy for me because my lens is every. The whole premise of this podcast is everybody's a brand. Everything's a brand. Yeah. Every institute. Yeah. That I can kind of go anywhere. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I can go from a politician to uh, to an athlete to, and because we're all brands and it's just, yeah. it's an interesting thing. And I'm going to end on the, the question I ask everybody. So what is the yeah. Ali Wentworth brand? Oh God, I've been trying to figure that out for 40 years. Um, I, I would like to think the brand is um, humor and relatability. I think okay. that I, like my openness is about just sort of connecting to human beings. And I like to, to think that I use humor with that quite a bit. And I will say to the audience that that one thing about also Allie is one of the nicest people in the world. She covers it up Very with the, her acerbic wit. Um, <laughs> and, oh, by the way, you're doing a great job um, with Ryan and Kelly. Phil, you've, just, you've been Thank doing you. that more and more. That's fantastic. You must that's be enjoying been, that. That's actually been really fun. That's fun stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, it'll it'll never be a permanent gig because right. you know Kelly we Kelly can, really loves what she does and she's great at it. And but I love filling in. Yeah. My Fun. darling, thank you so much. I love you. Give thank regards you, at home, okay? You're the best. Yes. Mwah. Thank you, darling. <laughs> You're welcome. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, Allie was great. Um, remember to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, anyplace else. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And watch our videos on YouTube. Um, and please also subscribe and rate and, and give us your comments on them also. So we will see you next week on On Brand. Have a great, safe week. Hi, this is Jim Jeffries. I have a podcast out called I Don't Know About That. Each episode is a different subject. We bring an expert on and I say everything I think I know about that subject and then they correct me. Join in, listen to the podcast, you'll have a laugh and you might learn something. Follow, rate and review I Don't Know About That with Jim Jeffries. Now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. You can also catch video releases each week on YouTube.